Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce our host of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I am George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. Happy to be with you as always. And very happy to have with us today as our guest, Gene Cassidy. He is the president and CEO of The Big E. Gene, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, George. It's, uh, it's, it's wonderful to be on the line with you. Well, thank you to be with us today. We, we have a lot to talk about, um, so many different things. I guess the place to start is to go back to this past year. This is not in, like any kind of year the Big E has ever experienced. You've never had to cancel the fair, at least to the best of my knowledge, maybe World War One. Perhaps, or maybe not even then. But uh, this must have been a, a very difficult year for you, and I don't want you to have to relive <laughs> bad times. <laughs> I've been doing that a lot lately, actually. But um, talk about what this this past year has been like, and and, and just you know, it, George, at some at some level, the dialogue about uh, you know the year of COVID is is cathartic, uh, maybe even healthy for us as business people. Uh, we've seen a you know a lot of. Um, uh, economic stress and uh, you know we've seen some resiliency uh, some businesses have been positively impacted but I think by and large uh, that has not been the case in, in the industry that we work in at the eastern states it's um, interesting because um, you know large fairs are responsible for creating market for agriculture and uh, and we're mission-driven organizations I think by and large, the consumer of the fair product perhaps loses the context uh, when they, they come to the fair. It's a celebratory place. It's a place where masses gather and there's a lot of fun to be had, but there's a mission behind it. And so, uh, the, you know, that's the mission, but what, what powers the mission, what, what, what empowers us to support ourselves and, and do what we do in the agriculture world is entertainment. And COVID uh, has decimated the that the entertainment industry, and it's it's difficult for us fair managers across the country. There's a, uh, a an interesting dynamic at play because there's this toxic I call it toxic positivity, where uh, you know all the cliches are are crafted about you know out of negative circumstance comes creative thinking or all of those that jargon when you when you're in the entertainment industry uh you really can't see a, a light sometimes at the end of the tunnel uh the news about the uh the uh, vaccination of course uh, is really the first uh good news we've had in the industry there's been some false um positive alarms coming out of Europe. Uh, I say false because they've been doing a great deal of testing in Europe about uh, public events. And I think the standards by which they're using to analyze those events are not not the same as we have in the United States. So uh, it's been promising for them, but I don't think it transfers well for us in the outdoor uh, business. But um, you know, so it's been an incredible struggle for the Eastern states. We've not been able to earn any revenue. And we have had to really dip into our retained earnings. Thank God we had some. Uh, the fact is uh, the past eight years have been powerfully important to this organization because we have experienced unprecedented growth uh, mm -hmm. since 2012. And fortunately for us, 
you know, we were wise enough to put a lot of uh, those resources into savings, which are helping us get to the next place. Now, it hasn't just been the, the Big E for you either. Of course, that was enough. Obviously, the, the fair was canceled. But uh, most all of those events that you have at the Big E on weekends and actually during the week, too, starting well, back in January, February, pretty much going all year long. Those have been postponed or canceled as well. That That's correct. You know, we... Um, we're not deemed to be an essential business, um, even though all of those events that take place outside of the fair are retail events, not unlike you know retail transaction you might have at Costco or the Home Depot. Uh, we have two buildings on the property that have um, nearly the same floor space as Costco in West Springfield. Uh, and they could have a thousand or twelve hundred fifty people in the building, but we were limited to just twenty five an hours. So effectively, you know, all of the small organizations that would would um, host their events, trade organizations like the Home Builders Association, they were put out of business. Uh, other trade shows uh, in 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 the food industry, they they we couldn't host them. And I fear uh, for their uh, future because, um, you know, they're, they're very marginal small businesses and uh, uh, without operating for an entire year, I, I have a great deal of uh, stress about whether they can survive into 2021. Now, do you have any events on the books? Or let me put it this way. When is the next event on the books? So uh, as the, the town of West Springfield has been uh, very helpful uh, in a lot of ways, uh, they've helped us a great deal with our agricultural mission. Uh, we've been able to sustain uh, many of the New England agriculturalists because uh, agriculture is sort of exempted in some ways. Um, but any retail or commercial enterprise uh, has been put in jeopardy. So. Uh, we're planning now for uh, the end of Q1 21. Uh, everything else has been sort of sidelined. Um, the uh, I have to be careful because I don't want to put in harm's way some of the small businesses who rely on us. But I, by and large, many many of those shows have already been canceled in January and February. Um, so we're, we're hoping we can give them time perhaps in, in May or late June. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, each day is like walking a tightrope, rope, George. Um, each day is a, is a new day to discover, uh, you know, what's going to be the latest science. A lot of it, you know, that, that's another term that, that I kind of, I laugh at when I hear it. We say, let's depend on the science, you know, let's, let's listen to the science. Yet so many of the rules affecting uh, COVID are completely arbitrary and, um, and they have no real connection. So, uh, but each day we pay a lot of attention to the science with the hope that um, uh, we can see a light at the end of the tunnel. I think the, vi the, the virus uh, inoculation uh, is really, is a key element. Well, let's talk a little bit more about these rules and regulations. I can sense some frustration in your voice you know, talking about Costco and, and places like that, it, it's been awfully difficult for a small business owner, and you're not even a, a small business owner, to, to keep up with the rules and the regulations and to follow what's coming out of Boston. What's it been like, like you said, just on a week-to-week, -week, almost day-to-day -day basis, not knowing, not being able to plan? Yeah, it's been 
it's been terribly destructive, frankly, George. You know, here in Western Massachusetts, we experienced some spike uh, in the illness for sure, but we were never Boston. We never, we were never the hot spot that Eastern Massachusetts was. And while our numbers are, are heavily influenced by those unfortunate souls who passed away in, uh, in care facilities, uh, by and large, uh, if, if you analyze uh, Western Massachusetts, um, you know, we, we suffered economically, I think, a great deal more than we should have. Um, you know, painting the entire Commonwealth with one broad brush, I think, was not, not the right response. Now, that said, you know, you, you have to be, when you talk about this, it's extraordinarily sensitive for a lot of people. I, I was tragically impacted uh, by, by COVID. Um, you know, someone extraordinarily close to me uh, passed away as a consequence of it. Uh, I was very fortunate, you know, in that, that I had COVID, but I had it in, in, an, in an incredibly mild way. And um, I, the only the only suffering I, I experienced, frankly, was a loss of taste and smell. Other than that, I, I felt perfectly fine. Um, fortunately for me, I, you know, we have Bay State here right in our backyard. I, I became part of a blood plasma study. I received blood plasma and they have harvested mine uh, in hopes that uh, it, it will help other people. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, if I had to put a number on it, as much as 25% of the small businesses that we rely on to produce the Eastern States Expositions Big E each year are out of business. Um, and that uh, is, presents a tremendous challenge for planning for 2021. And it makes me sad. These are people that uh, I, I may have known some of these people for more than 25 years. Now, who are these, who are these small businesses? These are the vendors that you work with? Uh... Well, a lot of mom and pop shops, um, you know, individual creative people. Um, but then it goes to uh, there, there's a there's an organ company out in uh, in Worcester, uh, special event rentals. We've been in business with them for since 1967. Uh, they're one of the largest uh, event rental providers uh, in the Commonwealth. Pipe and drape, tenting, things like that. They they closed up shop. You know, they had a lot of employees, they had a lot of capital assets, and they had no place to deploy them. And they did not have the resources that could carry them, uh, you know, with no income for more than a year. So uh, it's, it's affected a lot of people. Interesting. So the word that we hear these days over and over and over again is pivot. You're in the business of producing large scale events. I, I know there's probably only so much pivoting that you can do here, but, but you are doing some. Uh, I've seen some new re news releases about different things that you're trying to do. Do you want to kind of let us know what the Big E is trying to do to bring in some revenue and get to the other end of this? Sure. And that's, that's a great question because I, I take some, you know, some pride in, in the way we were able to respond early on. Um, we uh, created a, a, a food drive through and, and it was until we did this back in June it was intended uh, by me to be sort of a test to see whether or not the fair going public or people who were interested in the Big E were interested in, in, uh, uh, in supporting uh, an event like a food drive through. And so we had 
about 15 uh, concessionaires. We, we picked, we were very careful. We picked concessionaires that were mostly local people. Uh, we picked concessionaires that had not had any work uh, probably since the previous November. And uh, we, we brought them to the fair. And, and part of that was we wanted to make sure we could keep them in business to give them a bit of a lifeline. And we set up a, a food drive through It was the first one in the country uh, on fairgrounds. And, uh, you know, I suppose, unfortunately, it was met with such incredible success that we caused some really serious traffic issues in our community. Mm -hmm. um, it was very, very positive. It helped the concessioners out a great deal. And again, I, I was doing this as a test to see whether or not people were interested. So the Eastern States, our share of the revenue was extraordinarily small. I think, I think between the 15 concessionaires over that weekend, I think we, I think we charged maybe $5,000 and we had some expenses uh, against that. So uh, it was a very, very positive thing. Unfortunately, um, you know, we did subsequently cancel the fair. And the good thing is our food drive through spread across the United States very quickly. Uh, many fairgrounds uh, capitalized on the concept. We were able to kind of uh, show a lot of people how to do it. We had made some serious mistakes. Uh, it was so successful, the traffic became a problem. So they learned from us. And it really did a marvelous job at helping you know, Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan, uh, Iowa. And it went right across to the West Coast and even down to Florida. So, uh, But then subsequently, uh, the Commonwealth, decided that uh, a food drive through wasn't safe. And they limited us when we approached uh, for licensing again, Boston limited us to have just two food concessionaires. Um, and I have to laugh because at the same time, uh, when we were doing this, we wanted to do it in concert with the, with the fair dates. Bob Kraft was in Boston producing a NFL football game while at the same time, he had a, a dinosaur drive through in his parking lot with unlimited walk-up concessions. And yet he was given license, uh, presumably by Boston, to do that. And here we are, little old Eastern States Exposition, trying to make ends meet out in Western Massachusetts, in Springfield, West Springfield, Mass. And they gave us the proverbial middle finger. Um, so uh, after a lot of fighting myself and God bless the Lieutenant Governor, she took my calls, although she didn't always appreciate what I was saying. Uh, in the end, they, they allowed us to have, uh, uh, by, the, by the fourth weekend, we went from two to three and then to six concessionaires. And, and while it was helpful, it, it did not really satisfy uh, the economic needs of our organization. And it left an awful taste in my mouth for the fact that, you know, the billionaire Bob Kraft could get away with whatever it is, you know, he had assembled. Well, there's a lot of inequities going on out there. But what else are you doing? I, I know lots of different things are happening. I noticed you're, you're leasing out some of your space, uh, your boat rentals, car rentals. You're trying to put all the facilities to use here. Um, yeah, trying to trying to make ticket. I know you want to talk about the goal. Oh yeah, well we'll talk about that. But I think um, you know a couple of uh, things come to mind quickly. You know, we we have we rely on small business ourselves. So, you know, uh, we have the Storytown uh, Dinner uh, Restaurant, Storytown Tavern, and uh, you know that's a family owned business. Uh, we we were able to keep them up and running in some way. We had them a lot of we set up a lot of outdoor outdoor dining. 
Uh, at the same time, we rely on the Picorni family, uh, who is the, the daughter of uh, Ted Shore, Eddie Shore's granddaughter, who they've had the, the food concession in the Coliseum since back in the 1930s, uh, trying to keep them in business. We were able to create some opportunities on the fairgrounds when the weather was good uh, for people to interact here, to keep the eastern states sort of on their radar screen and to support these local businesses. At the same time, as you mentioned, uh, now for winter, we've opened up our facilities uh, to try to drive a little bit of revenue to our bottom line. And, and we're in this space rental business. Um, so we've got, uh, you know, we've got some heated space, but we've got a lot of space for storage uh, that, that typically those buildings would be used, you know, for rental for other events. Uh, but now because they're mothballed, uh, it's great storage space. And so we've had, I, I think as we speak, actually, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're almost sold out uh, of that good uh, storage space. And you mentioned the golden ticket. It went on sale last week. 100 tickets were sold, uh, lifetime passes to the Big E, which, you know, provided people with, uh, uh, for, 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 the, for the owner of the ticket and their guest, uh, you know, to sort of uh, uh, mimic uh, Gene Wilder. Uh, in your wildest dreams, you cannot imagine the wondrous surprises that await you. So that's a lifetime pass to the Big E uh, with a guest. It was $1,000, and um, it, it provides for parking and other VIP services. And that sold out. Uh, uh, it sold out uh, you know, on the day that, that we announced it. So that it, it generated some attention to the Eastern States. And frankly, it generated a, a, a fair amount of uh, cash flow as well. Now, how did that come about? That sounds like one of those sitting around the room guys. What we, can we do to generate some interest, generate some revenue? What can we do? Uh, who was the one who put their hand up and said, how about a golden ticket? Well, you know, I, I, I laugh because, um, you know, I made the statement last week, you know, my first name is Gene, you know, and, and, and you know, and it was Gene Wilder, who, who, who of course was Willy Wonka. So we were in fact sitting around at my, my creative team around me, uh, 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 Noreen Tessinari, our marketing director and, and John Giuliano and Annalise Petrusca, who, who own a fellowship entertainment, who do the, to do all of our entertainment here, my friend, Mark Rivers, and um, it, it just hatched from a conversation. You know, why don't we, you know, what do we have at the Eastern States? People, people uh, don't realize, you know, the only thing we manufacture is, is a ticket. And so, uh, you know, how can we capitalize on what we manufacture? So uh, we said, well, let's come up with a, a golden ticket, something that, uh, that would, uh, you know, it would cost a lot of money but it would give that person uh, unfettered access uh, for the rest of their life. And um, so we came up with that concept and a hundred of them. And, you know, I've learned something in this pandemic, which uh, I keep having to return to as I watch us, you know, bleed uh, our resources uh, every month. I've learned that people uh, love the Eastern States Exposition. Now it's easy for me to love it. I was born and raised within walking distance of my office in the Brooks building in West Springfield. I've worked here for more than 27 years, and uh, it's easy for me to love the place. But it's endearing, and it does a hard good for those of us who work here to know how much people on the outside appreciate what we do. All right. Well, Gene, thank you very much for your time, as always. Very gracious with that. Good luck to you. I'm, I'm, Golden Ticket's a great example of what companies across this area are, are doing. They're, they're putting their thinking caps on, pivot people who kind of just wore a wore out that word a little bit, but uh, people have had to stretch their imaginations, uh, come up with some creativity, find new ways to get revenue. Congratulations to you. It's a big hit. 
good luck to you. you know, we still got a long way to go with this. Uh, it's only November. Hopefully by next year, the scene will improve a little bit and we'll be talking about the 2021 Biggie in a very positive tone. Thank you, George. It's great to visit with you today. I appreciate uh, you giving me the time. All right. Good luck again. And thank to all of you for listening. This has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. Again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.